Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside the star of the show, Mr. Joe Aitken, here for another compelling conversation about trees. Joe, here we are, dog days of summer. It's hot, trees are thirsty, <laughs> tree climbers and brush draggers, we're all thirsty. How are you? How are you holding up in this heat? You know, it, 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 we kind of got a break. We had a storm come through last week, which we'll talk about uh, with our guest today. But, you know, we we kind of, we talked about this in the last podcast. It's just, it's just, it's just at the time of the year that this happens. But there's a lot of unusual things that are happening above and beyond uh, that's happening that are unexplainable. Uh, so I'm hoping that today's podcast may bring some some interesting facts maybe shed some light on what's going on and why and why it's so important to do what we do and be as passionate about what we do as we are so let's um let's move right in into our guest this is a it's remarkable to have someone uh as professional and well respected in the industry as we do today uh, so we're very fortunate to have our guest on tonight so Corey, why don't you uh invite our guest in sure so our guest i've i've known online through through social media for some time now and i always enjoy reading uh, the posts that he puts out there and they're always relevant but our guest comes all the way from italy and he's actually going to be coming to the states to present at isa which is the international society of arboriculture the annual conference that is going to occur in albuquerque in the middle of august so just we're so grateful, so humble that he's even taken the time to be here. But hopefully, we're going to cover some good topics and get some excitement going for that event. So, without any further ado, uh, our guest today is Francesco Fernini, and I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. But uh, Francesco, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be part of this podcast, and I hope to give some. Uh, good news from Italy, even though we, are, we don't have such good news in the last two months or three months. So we'll see. Well, we're I looking was, uh, forward to it. Go ahead, Corey. I, I was going to say, we're, we are looking forward to it. I've been excited about this for a while. And uh, can you can you bring us and our listeners up to speed? How did you get into trees and, and to arboriculture? Um, actually, I I have been always um, passionate about trees since I was in my my teenage so starting when I was um, 13 or 14 and since then my life was always with trees in my life and in my uh, you know path uh, study path secondary school we have a secondary school that uh, you can study agricultural techniques then I went to the university I I graduated in agriculture science. Then I I specialized in ornamental uh, horticulture. I went to Cornell University, worked with, with uh, Dr. Nina Basic for seven months in 1994, so almost 30 years ago. And since then, I have always done research and teaching. Uh, about arboriculture and urban forestry 
at the University of Milan and then at the University of Florence where I where I live and I'm now teaching and doing research. That's my uh, very short history of uh, working life. Fantastic. You know, I was I was going to say before you gave us your your brief bio that um, I actually went online uh, and was kind of doing a little research. And the, you know what the first one that comes up when you put your name in there is a professional soccer player from Italy. I know. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> he's a guy with the same name, but uh, good for him. He's twenty years younger than me so <laughs> there are several francesco ferini uh in italy another one is a, a death metal singer uh two or three lawyers some doctors some dentists so <laughs> you can find a lot of francesco ferini over the internet <laughs> you know i did find that i i did notice that uh on your bio your your the eight the year you were born and then i looked at him and i'm like whoa that's it, they're not the same guy but no, <laughs> but because uh, it, it was so close on our mind because last night I took my boys to a professional soccer match and Crystal Palace versus yeah. uh, Sevilla Football Club mm -hmm. played in Detroit last night. It was actually yeah, pretty okay. amazing to see the level that these guys play at. And it's it's comparable that the level that they play is the same level that we play in Arbor Culture. Yeah. kind of at the top of our game and this is what we do and the passion yeah. that we have. so i thought that was very interesting i just wanted to bring that up because that was pretty good but but i agree with that i agree yeah um it like like Corey said we're friends on social and you mm -hmm. do have um an incredible talent on writing in getting your point across to where it's understandable by the masses so i thank you for that and I think one of the one of the first things I'd like to discuss is one of your your latest posts was about the the denial of climate change. Yes, and uh, I I can't help but wonder why there is a denial when in arbor culture these large living organisms that we take care of are the first to show us and give us the signal that something's happening. And I think we avoid it and we don't look at it. Yeah, it's uh, it's so strange that uh, uh, people are still denying that the climate uh, uh, has changed and is still changing rapidly. Uh, in the last two weeks, we have had uh, the strongest heat wave in the south and central Italy in several years. And at the same time, the north, which was hit by uh, the, the heating wave two weeks ago, the temperature was around 40 degrees centigrade, which is 105, I guess, Fahrenheit. Uh, just to give you an idea, I had some hosts from Bahrain, uh, so in the Arabic Peninsula, and they were uh, hit by, by, by the weather. Uh, it was too hot for them even though they, are, they, they were coming from the Arabic Peninsula, because there the weather is uh, very hot, but it's very dry. Instead, in, in Italy, uh, it was very hot and quite humid, especially in the north of Italy. And right after that, 
the north of Italy, all the north, but especially the city of Milan, which is the biggest city in, in the north of Italy, was hit by the strongest storm ever uh, in, on the 25th of July, so just a week ago. And uh, the weather, the, 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 the strong, this day, so the storm was so strong that the city lost uh, for uprooting around 400 to 500 trees directly. And they don't know still how many uh, they must be felled in in the in the next uh, weeks because they are too dangerous, too risky uh, for the people. And it was so ex- exceptional. They had two storms. One was at 2 o'clock uh, p.m. The other one was at 4 o'clock, the strongest, at 4 o'clock a.m. And that was a fortunate uh, things because at that time nobody was around in the city because otherwise it could be really, really bad in terms of, uh, you know, death uh, losses and so on. Instead, uh, there were just very big damages to cars, buildings, infrastructures. And you have to think that after two days, I went to Milan to check for the damages uh, because I have a, um, an, an agreement, a cooperation agreement with the city of Milan. So I went there to check for the damages. And most of the tramway was still closed and some roads were still closed because of the, the, the trees in the middle of the road or trees which, which were in the middle of the tramway. After two days, because all the city was uh, completely covered by uh, branches and entire trees that fell down because of wind was around 100, 120 kilometers per hour, which is between 65 and uh, 80, uh, 75, sorry, uh, miles per hour, which is very unusual in that part of Italy. And this is mainly due uh, to climate change. Climate is changing, uh, is becoming warmer and warmer and drier and drier in wintertime and hotter and hotter uh, in summertime uh, and very hot uh, period, about a week or 15 days, are uh, suddenly interrupted by strong, strong storms. Uh, and our trees, which are very old, uh, are not uh, accustomed, are not able to uh, face these uh, strong storms. Well, it's it's, hey, you know, it's interesting ahead, that please. we're talking about this now, and and knowing that you're coming to the states, to the to the southwest during the United <laughs> States, which I'm not sure if you're aware, but this is the hottest and driest yeah. that that part of the world's. It's I so know. hot and dry that cactus that have adapted over millions of years to live in a desert those cactus are dying off yeah. some of them not certainly not all i heard it i heard it the new when i was driving back home today even even in the italian uh, news there was this this new about the saguaro uh, that are dying because of uh you know the the hottest weather in in decades so what what brings to a good point is that when we look at arboriculture, that this is this is um, this is a world issue. This is a global issue. This world yeah. is smaller than we think, and you know we we tend to focus locally, but I think it's important for the industry to realize globally 
They were yeah. all battling the same thing. There's no difference on which side of the world. Maybe a little bit the the flora and the fauna is a little bit different, but I think we're all suffering from extremes and trying to figure out why there's such extremes is something I think that we all need to do uh, and, and put some, put some type of uh, urgency to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also because, you know, uh, we have to face that the global warming and climate changes are bringing uh, heavy rainfalls and long dry periods at the same time. So these are just the two sides of the same coins. Uh, it's not just a matter of, uh, uh, you know, high temperature, but also we are experiencing uh, the, the longest dry periods in winter time when we used to have rain in the past. And uh, that's the problem. Last winter was terrible. They, are, they, are, they were talking about reducing uh, the, the water delivery even to the houses because of the lack of water in winter time when we used to have a lot of rain and 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 in, in sorry in winter fall winter and part of spring and we don't know you know that uh, what will be the effects of this uh, climate change on trees because probably we will have a longer growing season probably an advance bad burst uh, we, we also have and we are already seeing it uh, a higher uh, past survival rates more uh, small days more pollution in the city and uh, also we are seeing an increase of rainfall intensity and a decrease in rainfall frequency mm. so we are having the same amount of rain along the year but the rain, is, the rain is concentrating in very few days. That's the problem. So most of this rain is just stone water that uh, causes a lot of damages, but uh, it cannot be absorbed by the soil. So it cannot be reused by our trees and our plants. That's the problem. So it's just running off and then into the sewer, causing issues with infrastructure, flooding, damage, erosion, all the good stuff that come along with high volumes of water in a short period of time is you're right it's it's not good for plant of anything it's going to wash them out yeah yeah and uh you know we're just talking about something that uh, already at the beginning of the uh, 20th century uh was uh, somewhat predicted a swedish professor i don't remember the name uh now uh evolved a theory at the beginning of the 1900s, uh, the, the, uh, about the extinction, extinction of human race, because he holds that the combustion of coal at that time by, by, by our activities uh, was gradually uh, warming the atmosphere so that in the course of a few cycles, uh, he, 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 he predicted in 10,000 years uh, the earth, the, the earth will be baked in a temperature close to the boiling point. And this is happening much faster than he, he, he predicted. And at the same time, uh, in, uh, some newspaper in the United States uh, were talking about the, uh, the, uh, that the carbon emission in the atmosphere uh, 
food uh, produced and uh, like a blanket for the earth, and it will uh, it would have raised the temperature. And the effect uh, was in in a journal of nineteen something, early nineteen hundreds. Anyway, uh, the journal said that the effect may be considerable in a few centuries. Unfortunately, it is considerable in a few tenths of a year. That's the problem. What was predicted to happen in centuries and maybe millennia is uh, happening in a few years. Wow. Well, and I, I'm just, I'm looking at this, you know, trying to think globally with a lot of practices that, you know, we're trying to do by cutting down on carbon emissions and, and you know, sure the dozens of things that people are doing. And all I'm thinking right now is, what what can we as professionals what can we start to promote as it relates to the health and the care of trees you know look looking at some of these trends knowing that it's going to be warmer and drier maybe we need to look into plants that would grow in a place that is a little bit warmer and drier but yeah. but how do we transition and you know what is what do you think that looks like uh that's that's a good question and it's not it's not an easy question to answer because in Italy and in Europe, but especially in Italy, we have a lot of historical gardens, historical avenue, and so on. And unfortunately, most of the trees that are part of these historical gardens, parks, and avenues were planted during a climate that itself is becoming historic. That's a problem. And unfortunately, our law uh, imposes to plant the same species in the same place. And probably some of those species are not uh, adapted to face uh, a different climate, completely different climate. And so we have to deal also with historical reason, which hamper us to change the species when one species is, you know, uh, recognized as not adapted to a certain uh, environment. And that's the first problem. And it's not easy also because the, the urban environment can change from one side of the world to the other. And in Europe, in Italy, we are accustomed to see, you know, a long avenue, sometimes kilometers, miles of the same avenues with the same trees. <laughs> uh, we had to change our mind. Uh, probably uh, in the future, we we have to think about long avenue with different kinds of trees, different species, Diversity. which are the most adapted to the new climate. Uh, we have a lot of parasites, new parasites. Uh, this year, we are having a lot of damages on home oak, which was known to be very, very uh, accustomed to long, dry period in summertime, but it's not accustomed to long, dry period in wintertime. So these trees are now very weak, and we are losing them because of uh, moth attacks, uh, caterpillar attacks, uh, fungi attacks, and so on, because they are very weak and they're not able to face uh, these parasites, which are endemic, which were present already, but they were not so dangerous yeah. as they are now. Yeah, they're at a population level where they're actually causing. Right, right, correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joe, go for it. No, that was, you, you guys, you, without even having to prompt uh, in today's discussion, 
you went right into what my next question was is uh climate change weather pattern change change on abiotic and biotic disorders of these trees now we kind of talked about the abiotic with the flooding and all that but when you start looking into biotic orders uh Francesco, you, you mentioned the, the fungi, the bacteria, the insects. Uh, that's going to change also. And not only as secondary issues, um, and the world's getting smaller, a lot of uh, invasives moving around. We're starting to see, uh, I just read an article from Penn State Extension on spruce or white pine decline. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's a compound issue on white pines in the Midwest, and all they can do is look at the fact that it is environmental stress that's mm-hmm. causing this. That's opening these plants up to what we just talked about. And this is and the hardest thing as an arborist is to get called on a site to look at something and not be able to understand why this tree is declining. And right now, people don't want to hear that's oh, the environment. They don't want to hear that. They expect us to have an answer and yeah, I have yeah. time with, we don't have a half the time. We don't have an answer. So, right. Right. It's a broad question. So what is the answer? Where do we do? How is it more education? Do we, is there more research need to be done? How do we figure out uh, where we can do to protect some of these plants? So we have a, a mate multi-aged urban forestry. Uh, that's, that's another problem because, uh, uh, you know, I used to say just for making fun that the right answer is it depends. Uh, we can, but we cannot uh, always answer it depends. Uh, we we need to have to to give an answer to the people who are asking why my trees are dying, why my trees are suffering, and so on. It's not an easy answer, as you have said, because uh, uh, there are s- several factors that can. Uh, uh, affect plant survival and uh, and plant survival so uh it's not easy uh our trees at the same times uh, same time have to face very long tri period and very short uh period of heavy rain so uh they are supposed to be also uh tolerant to flooding uh for some days maybe a week of uh, complete water logging, and it's not easy to find species which are at the same time tolerant to drought and tolerant to water uh, water logging. And also, there are a lot of interactions between uh, different factors that can uh, induce stress on trees. Uh, it depends on also when the stress uh, it is coming. Uh, sometimes, you know, a huge stress that comes. When the trees are dormant, uh, even though they, they can be dormant also in summertime, it's not so dangerous. But when the stress comes, for example, during the bud bars uh, or during the shoot elongation, it can be very, very dangerous for, 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 for the trees. That, so it's not easy to, uh, it, it also requires a long, a long uh, a time for research. Research on this topic is, very time consuming and very money consuming but we need to give answers because uh, the future is now it's not in 20 or 30 years what we are planting now will be you know will be uh, the, the, the 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 cover the, the, the tree cover 
in the next 20, 30, maybe 40, maybe 50, uh, 50 years. Yeah. So uh, we need to give the answer now, not in 20 or 30 years, uh, because uh, it's important to... Uh, our, our choices now are very, very important. We, 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 we cannot uh, mistake. Uh, we cannot yeah. mistake in our choices. That's, that's the, the most important well thing. We are responsible for the future. I, I like how you said that because one more problem, we know we're having a problem here in the Midwest and it was kind of funny. It kind of touches what you were just saying. Uh, back in the day, one of the easiest plants to plant for a hedgerow were arborvitaes, mm -hmm. a, a type of cedar. Man, it, you couldn't kill them. They were the hardiest thing that you... It, Anybody could plant them and they would survive. Well, guess what? 30 years down the road, they're not surviving now. Mm -hmm. So it makes perfect sense what you just said. We need to we need to plant for the ever-changing environment and really take that's a whole that's a whole conference right there. I in my talk, I have to prepare my talk actually. <laughs> so uh, it's too early to say that, but I will focus on the citation uh of Dom Ransfeld in, in, I think, in 2002, or maybe even before. Uh, I'm not talking about the politician. I'm talking about the man. He said, uh, talking about another and other things, that there are known knowns. There are things uh, we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know uh, there are some things we don't know. But there are also the unknown unknowns, the ones we don't know, we don't know. That's the problem uh, in, in the agriculture and most of our field. We can deal with the known knowns. We can somewhat foresee the known unknowns because uh, we know that in the future, uh, the weather will be, the climate will be different, but we don't know with what will be the, the real effect on trees but also there are some unknown unknowns. Uh, something can change and we don't know what, how and when. Uh, that's the, the main problem. We, we, we can only speculate, we can only foresee what will happen in the future, but we don't know uh, the consequences. I'm gonna have to find that change. quote. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on my page, that quotes. Yeah, awesome. I can give you the slides, so I can, I can, I can send you the slides, so All right, you can perfect. use it, you I'm can gonna... use it. <laughs> I'm going to use that with a homeowner one day, and they're going to stand there and look at me like I'm, like I've been drinking. But it's or true. Something. I mean, I mean, it's true. It's, if you think about oh, 100%. it, hundred percent. When when I I I, I showed this uh, last month, an FAO Congress, uh, people just stared at me. They at the very beginning they, they didn't understand why I was uh, showing that that quote, but at the end they say, "Good quote. It's true." <laughs> yeah. Well, when you Fran know, you know. Fran Francesco, we, we are going to wrap up here. We'll let you get on okay. with the, the rest of your evening. But Joe and I are, you know, and, and our listeners, we're just so grateful that you took the time. Joe and I are both going to be at ISA in New Mexico. Oh, we'll see you there. So we'll, we'll see you there. Do you, do you want to put a plug out there for your talk do you, on what you're going to talk about uh, or anything like that? Any last words that you want to um, leave our listeners very with? Very easy. My, my talk will be uh about the 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 uh, physiological aspects of urban trees tolerance to climate extremes so i will talk about drought extremes and uh, uh, water logging 
because of too much rain. Uh, because it's a problem that we are experiencing now in Italy, unfortunately, every single year, and uh, uh, it's it increasing. It's increasing year by year. Perfect. Now, thank, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you there, and we'll push this episode out before. So I will also practice my English in the next two weeks, so uh, <laughs> to be more fluent than now. Oh, you did Wait, just You did fine. better than Corey. But my talk will be in the afternoon, so it will be much easier than at 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. And and everybody will be ready for, for their next boost to caffeine. And that's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for, for hosting me. So I'll see you there. Yep, we'll be there. Hey, great topic today. Yes, and lots of good information. Yeah, probably one of our best yet. If you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss, please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com. And please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe. And I'm Corey. Signing, Signing out. out.